This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Cooper Tire and Texture Canada, you have some of the paper mills, you have some of the manufacturing, they're building the robotic arms to help produce a lot of the uh, goods and services that we have across the country. And so we're trying to uh, make that more of an application piece to where we're developing, we're, we're think tanking to where we're trying to be entrepreneurs, to where we can develop those type of skills where they can go in and fit in well within our society that we have for them. So, yeah, it's an expectation. It's more than just a, hey, let's go and have pizza and let's see if we can tinker around with some toys. Let's, let's actually have some application. It, it is fun. You know, it can be fun, right. but it's fun with a purpose. And, and you have to recognize what that is uh, early on. So, um, Mr. Ahrens, when, when you are, you've been doing this for quite some time, what are some of the things that are basically fundamental? Like if, any, if any of us here in the audience wanted to make sure that we did so. What kinds of things do we need to have in order to start this process? From the school or just mm -hmm. from student base or what? From the, from the school perspective to give that experience to the, the students so that they can achieve the vision that uh, Mr. Bailey's talking about. Uh, from the school basis, you know, it helps to kind of have a curriculum in place or at least have some semblance of a curriculum. You need to be able to have students sit down and understand, like, we have an engineering design process class. That uh, establishes critical thinking. That establishes logical uh, processes. You know, you need to be able to uh, take these pieces, integrate <coughs> them, and then put them in some practical application. Robotics is perfect for that. Uh, from a student standpoint, we want we're looking for students that are open-minded. You know, if you love technology, that's great. If you don't, that's fine because we have students that do come to us and they're just kind of lukewarm about it. But they're really good at you know figuring things out. So we put them kind of on what we call I guess on the back end of the of the process where they're figuring out okay how's the code work? Uh, is is there a particular piece of this uh, of the robot that 
nobody else has figured it out. We'll put them on that because they're looking at this and they're, they're visualizing this. So being open-minded, uh, critical thinking is great. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that I look for is are you a team player? If, are you going to go in there and are you going to work with the team? Because if you just want to work by yourself, you're going to pull to your side, it's, it's not going to work well. You know? So from the curriculum standpoint, you need to have things in place that help establish uh, things like robotics and STEM. And from the student standpoint, you have to have uh, students that are open-minded, that are willing to work with each other, and just developing the critical thinking skills. Now, this is, a, you know, you talk about robotics, I'm sure mostly everybody in here thinks that there's a, an expense, you know, that goes into, you have to make an investment, but yet it doesn't necessarily have to be a ginormous expense, because we have here first day at St. James, you guys have been doing such wonderful things on a shoestring budget. Ms. Kirkley, can you uh, say, what can you do on a shoestring budget, and, and do those kinds of things matter to the kids? Absolutely. Just like if you're getting your driver's license when you're um, 14, you're working on your learner's permit. Um, if you saw our drones in the back and you saw the little bitty ones that are about $10, the kids call them Walmart drones, and it's okay. Um, I, <laughs> we can get those at Walmart because I know they have their $700 ones at home, but we're not going to fly those because I would rather you crash a $10 drone than a $100 drone. So I, I'm working that with uh, it's a learner's per permit. Um, the students that are in there right now are going to be the teachers. I'm not going to be teaching after this session. They're going to be teaching the other students. And they'll tell you right away, we want them to start on the uh, robots. Sorry if there's any target people in here. They have on their <laughs> um, And then we progress up. If you land it successfully five out of ten times, hopefully ten out of ten, um, then you get to progress to the next level. So you don't just jump in. If you want to bring your own to school, you can do that. Um, but on the ones that I've like, working and hustling, it's not every day I'm hustling, but um, to get the $10 drums. Um, on the NXT, you saw that we just have bricks for our EV3s. Um, the NXT part work with the EV3. All you do is find a school that doesn't want to use their NXT anymore because it's old school stuff. Same parts, same beam, same structure, same everything, eBay, whatever, um, and just purchase the brick. Um, I can tell you that we don't have a lot of computers, and normally with the NXT, with those bricks, you have to have a computer program, but if you go ahead and jump into that EV3, you not only can program it with an iPad, you can go and use LabVIEW, you can use C++, you can use Python. It programs in nine languages, all the way up to data logging, high school, and some in college. So we're just starting shoestring. It is a shoestring. But once we get our buy-in, it'll come. It, it certainly will. Just, just start simple and small. Well, and shop, mm -hmm. goodwill, and stuff like that. What, what, what has always interested me is that with the robotics, you really have a cross-curricular approach. And um, uh, Ms. Brown, Mr. Bailey, I'd like your touch on this. If, if, um, if you had your, your way, the kids that are actually engaged in this, they really are learning a lot of other concepts that apply to this classroom. 
Can, can you share with us a little bit about your thinking on that? And have you seen any evidence that the kids end up doing better in their algebra or their language arts, even if they're writing, by, by participating in these kinds of programs? And that's the kind of things that us in the audience want to make sure that it is not just a fun thing, that there's you know practical application. Right. Well, and, and you're exactly right. It is helping you with your math, your geometry. You can help calculus. You have all the different advanced maths. It's going to help, say, the real-world application piece of work. You're using those skills to help design and calculate. And then it helps you with your, it carries over into the classroom to where you're more successful as well. And you're more of a, better, uh, a more stronger student in the classroom for that. And then it helps you to where, hey, I may not have been a stronger student in this one area, but by being a part of robotics, I've learned these type of skills that's helped me to grow. And this is more a field where I may want to go into more. Like Mr. Aarons uh, was talking about with uh, some of the students to be how you have become one of those uh, in the club, I said the club, into the robotics piece was, I may not be a great programmer, you might not be a great coder. But when you get into this, that may be something that you start off having no interest at all to some degree, but then being around the group, being around learning from each other, talking to each other in the group, is one of your strengths then. You turn into that program to where you, you, grow, you grow into that. So I think it's absolutely, it's a very beneficial piece to help you be a more well-rounded student. Does Brown care to elaborate on, on your perspective from the K-6? Well, we are a liberal arts school that um, our, actually our robotics, our, our computer program was started by our music teacher. Really? And that sounds really strange, but now, back in the 80s, she, she actually started our computer system. And um, it's funny how much they, that counting, those kind of things go into all the kinds of things of programming. Um, we're fortunate that we're our, we're our smaller staff, so um, Shannon has the ability to talk to our teachers. And for example, she was doing uh, inventions with our kids. And she was able to talk to our art teacher and bring some art things that were going into angles and, and those kind of types of things that were able to choose bringing into. And like Mr. Bailey said, sometimes kids are not overly interested in maybe the robotics things, but there's a place for them in this. And with the coding, um, learning angles, it, people are visual. You know, we all have different type of learners, so the be, being able to see that. I was uh, terrible in geometry, and when we started doing this and seeing this, oh, that's what a right angle really looks like. You know, for a kid to actually be able to see that and then make that happen, it does translate older. It was funny on the other, I don't know if any of you heard this, but on NPR yesterday, uh, they were talking about programming. And in Brazil, they were talking about how this man is actually going in and doing programming classes with, with kids and, and adults there because their government is so corrupt that they need to hack into the government systems. And so they said, you either learn programming or you be programmed. And so they're teaching that at a very young age so that the, that the people can start taking over, over their government. And they're doing it in Python, something that we're teaching. We teach other foreign languages, we teach Latin and Spanish. We look at programming as another language. And there's how many languages of programming out there? And Shannon's been able to start with our kindergartners with simple drop and switch, but they're seeing what it does, and now they're going on and on. We, we, we've done Logo since the 80s. Um, and again, it, it seems like a very simple programming language, but teaching that, we've seen our math skills get better. We've seen um, those type of things that are 
all the way through. And there's a place for every child, even if you don't like robotics. If, if you're creative, you can make all of that fit. And, and really, you have the, the robotics piece, you have the programming piece, you have the, the drones, we haven't even mentioned the 3D printing. You know, so there's a whole lot that can go into this, this new world of, of technology. I have another line of questioning, but before I go through that, I'd like to ask, does anybody uh, have any questions so far for our esteemed panel? Let's give a big hand, because they've done a really good job with that. Okay, so let me ask you, what's on your mind right now? What, what, what are you thinking, if, if you had a few moments, which you do, uh, to share with us what is important and what do, does, does everybody here in this room need to know? Anybody? Okay. Wow, that's kind of a loaded question. Uh, if you're going to, well, let me ask you, how many of you have, uh, are starting a team or your team is maybe uh, a year or two in, in the making? All right, okay. excellent, excellent. The thing you have to understand is that when it comes to robotics, it has to be organic. You know, when you start forcing your, you know, what you want it to be, it, it becomes top heavy, it will crumble. You have to kind of let this develop out of, you know, uh, what are the kids into, you know, what are their interests in, because if you push your interest on it, it's not gonna work. You, you need to be patient. You have to understand that this is, gonna, this is a process, it takes time. Uh, so I, I talked to a few other teachers and they said, well, I, I have no idea what's going on with robotics. I don't know this, I don't know that. Fine, that's good. Talk to people that do know stuff. Network. If you will find someone that knows more about robotics than you do. And when you start to know more about robotics than them, find somebody else that knows more about it than you do. You know, increase your knowledge, research. Just, just spend time, you know, improving yourself because when you improve yourself, you're going to improve your team. Your team will be better. They will be more motivated. You won't have to worry about oh my God, how am I going to do this? And they're like, well, I know what to do, and here's how we're going to do it. And they, they, they get attached to that, and they love it. And for me, that, that's what robotics is all about, is getting them to understand that it's not just something that you do after school, it's something that you are learning life skills, you're getting good knowledge skill sets, you're getting critical thinking pieces, you're developing logical thought processes. You know, it's, it encompasses so many different things, and that, that's kind of where I stand. I think that you should not always do what you're doing because you've always done it. Um, I think that you should always go out and keep your options open. For example, uh, we had some meetings with the director of Green Velocity, and she talked to us about VEX versus FIRST. Love FIRST, always done FIRST, but sometimes if your budget is not for FIRST, and you only have a small amount of students that can go through first, like have a $5,000 robot. Why not look at a different type of robotics, for example, VEX, and you can get more kids interested and more kids aware about robotics and go from a $5,000 competition to a $500 competition or a $50 competition. Um, that way more kids can be involved in it We've always done first, always done FLL, and that's what our town of Texarkana, that's what we know. 
we're, we're breaking the ground with this vest. And we can, if you saw that the kids, it's not the product, it's the process. Just like with our Google and our Word, it's not a product, it's a process that we want to learn. So it doesn't matter if you go to Target and get the Gizbot, whatever. Just start with it. Kids are going to love it if you make it fun, of course. And then figure out how you can go from there. But I'm always looking for, I guess because I'm, I'm always looking for something I can get all kids involved in, whether they do SPED or GT. What we did, um, I had one student, she did not know robotics, no part of it. So she designed all our t-shirts and did an amazing job designing t-shirts. And then she did the top one, just saying. So that was her robotics part. But anyway, sorry. No, no, that's great. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Well, if you're looking from the administrative perspective too, um, when you have to find, you try to find good people to help surround yourself, surround your students and your, uh, around the vision of what you've shared, shared create. You want a shared vision of where you want to be. And I think from uh, our standpoint, uh, we've, we've had that expectation that, that we don't want to be status quo. We want to always be moving forward and not left behind and being creative and challenging. And like we are talking about, keep on evolving. And so uh, from an industry perspective on this, is to be able to be open, be able to listen, and be able to understand that there are other possibilities that are out there, and that to help our students grow and progress and make them better, because that's what we're trying to teach them is to evolve into a changing uh, world globally, that we want to be able to uh, provide the resources, provide the support, and uh, provide the experiences for them, whether it be a host school to host competitions, uh, to help mentor other schools, to help bring those people in, to help make a joint effort. But I think the main thing is, from our point is, is to try to find, if there's the resources we're trying to find, then we go out and we try to find corporate sponsors, we try to find things to help in fundraising activities, what we have to do to make it work. So you can't just say, well, this costs too much, we can't do it, we're not gonna do it. Well, we gotta find a way. If it's important, you make it, make it happen. And I think that's where we are is that we try to make it happen uh, in some way we can. Mr. Bay, how do you know it's important? We make it know it's important because it's aligned to what our vision is. We want to be here. And how do we get to that point? What's our goal? We set our goals every year of what we want to be. And so at that point, it's the kids make it important. We get to them and say, hey, it's all about the kids. And the kids come to us and we have our meetings and we say, hey, this is what we want to, want to do. And our, our teachers do the same thing. Then it's a shared vision of where we want to get there. And so how do we get to this point from A to B? And we find a way to get to A to B. Very good. We have a question from uh, from one of our uh, uh, audience members. Yes, sir. What can the robot help us with? What can the robot which, what, which, which robot would you like? Any robot. Robotics in general? Yes, sir. They can get you a college degree and a scholarship. We've had, I've seen a ton of kids go through our robotics program. No matter what school district I'm in, um, they're going to get the scholarship because there's not a lot of people that are interested in that right now. Um, that's what I've seen. What do you want to be when you grow up? The next, I see you already growing up, but what do you want to be when you finish high school? Work in oil field. Work in oil field, okay. You want to be an engineer? Do you want to be a, a skilled person who's got a more 
out will get you a bigger, higher job in that industry. So if you want to work with drones and you want to work with technology, there's a lot of technologies in the oil, oil business, oil and gas field. And those are things that robotics, uh, engineering, all those things can help you grow and make a lot of money and take care of all your girlfriends, right? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Ford, do you have a comment on that? Yes, I do.
matter of fact, my daughter, uh, she's a junior, and she made a 34 on her ACT. I'm so proud of her. But she's very interested in biomechanics yeah. uh, and, and nanotechnology and looking at these things and how technology can impact your health. And we, none of us is getting any older, I mean, any younger. Uh, so as, as we get older, our healthcare, it, you know, it's just, it, it goes all south, guys, I'll tell you. I hate to say well, even the 3D printers, yes. you know, they used to have to, you'd have to get somebody to design and do that, and then you'd have to send it out to somebody and they were waiting for those parts. Now it's just, we draw it, we put it in there, and the part, uh, one of the things that I saw was a little girl that needed a prosthetic leg and they didn't make them that small because she was just too tiny. But with the 3D printer, they were able to do that and to, they could do it to scale. And if it broke off, they didn't have to wait three weeks for the part to be made and a manufacturer just went to the 3D printer and they could put it back in. So. And similarly, my mom had x-rays here done recently. In the old days, they would have to wait to develop the film, send it off to Little Rock by carrier, they would overnight it. Yeah. And then they'd overnight it back with the results. Now it's done electronically, and so they can see, and they have a, a whole team of specialists just reading x-rays, you know, the doctors that do in, in consultation. So it's just enormous amount of things that you can do. The young people in here, in the uh, uh, with these opportunities, they are just growing exponentially. Uh, Mr. Henderson, I know you're, you're broadcasting this all over. What do you think that your audience is interested in, and what kind of questions do might they have? Um, at this point, in fact, I had just uh, tweeted that out a second ago. I hadn't heard anything back yet um, from uh, the folks that are listening, but I know from the conversations that, that we have with uh, educators, um, uh, the podcast that, that I co-host, we focus on education technology primarily, a lot of discussion lately about coding and robotics and you know, we're talking about all the things that change, and you know, you're talking about being in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you, many of the pharmacies you go into now, you're asking about, you know, what what do robots do? Many of the pharmacies you go into now, uh, the pharmacist doesn't actually, you know, count out the pills and stuff anymore. That's all handled by a robot in that pharmacy that they plug in whatever your prescription is, and it goes and it figures out all the stuff. And so, you have to have folks who. Uh, who first of all understand how the programming works but you also have the folks who developed it in the first place you have the folks who troubleshoot it and work on it yes. then you have the folks who update it because things change so i mean um you know as you guys have said you know robot robotics is a part of everything we do everywhere we go we don't necessarily think of it in those terms but i mean it it, it is it's it's in almost everything we do and eventually will be in everything we do um, I had a conversation, we were just in San Antonio, and we just had a conversation with uh, a, a group whose students uh, just won, uh, well, they just got back now, I guess, but uh, they had won a contest, it's called the, the, the Cubes in Space, I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but essentially NASA has a thing where uh, they have a two-inch cube, and your experiment has to fit in that cube, and they take it to space. Wow. And so there's this young girl, um, and I can't remember what condition she has, but uh, she has a, a problem with her heart. And so she and the school worked with a local uh, biotech company to develop a pacemaker that fit inside the two-inch cube. And so you talk about robotics, they're going to have, you know, and, and, and heck, coding and computer science, the whole nine yards. So they sent this 
pacemaker up to space, brought it back, did all kinds of testing, and essentially what they discovered was, because one of the issues is that you're not allowed to go into space if you have a pacemaker, because the general consensus is that the pacemaker is going to wig out, right? So what this showed was that actually through all of that, this tiny little pacemaker essentially treated the situation as if the person was going under some strenuous exercise, it adjusted accordingly, and was able to function normally. So you're going to have robots that are going to help put those into place. You have the people who are coding it, developing it, designing it. So all the things you guys are learning right now have implications you don't even know exist at this point. I mean, it's amazing. I, I, was, I just kind of want to address a gentleman's question really quick. Uh, you said you want to work in the oil field. I've got a cousin that works in the oil field. He's actually, he, he actually has a captain of an oil ship or something now. I'm not sure what he does, but uh, I know he's
Well, um, any other questions from our uh, from our group? Uh, okay, we have about five minutes left. Okay, yes, sir. I'm Latvia, 
on those smaller, simple. You don't have to build a robot out of it. It could be anything. It could be a catapult if you want to shoot marshmallows or anything. Whatever. Yeah, well, shoot marshmallows in the back They can use our small little, you know, and we can use theirs. Academically, or, or yeah, cur I don't know, curriculum wise, I like, do I just stay where I'm at and expand, or do I need? Well, I'll, I'll tell you uh, something, uh, just a personal experience I had this summer is that uh, a student graduated this past year, and I met with her dad because he had an, an idea that he wanted us to look into. Uh, whenever we sat down and talked about mm -hmm. it, I was like, okay, that's a little weird, but hey, let's do it. Let's, let's see what we can come up with. Are you talking community? If the thing is, community knows that you're doing something like this, they'll be like, hey, have you thought about doing this? Or hey, can, can you do this? You know, uh, so be open minded about it because, yeah, the curriculum's there. You can use the curriculum to build this stuff. So just find something that scares you and then go after it. And somebody had to write that curriculum for you to use, so be open to that too. Yeah. Invent it. Yeah. Make it up as you go along. I found in my situation, when you tell a child, you know, when they create something, it's just a light that goes off because they've done it. You haven't told them what to do. They get to choose what they do, and then they build on that. And then I challenge mine a little bit further. I say, okay, you've got this done. What else can you make it do that might be a little bit harder? And then they start thinking, they're problem solving, and everything goes off. But it's really, really, in my situation, it's that light that you see with, you mean we can do anything we want with it? Yeah, sure, make, but make it, you know, you've done it this way, okay, now you gotta do a little bit harder. So it challenges them and motivates them to go a little bit further. Ms. Allison, that's the, uh, what I call transferability, you know, of the child, is that if they can learn something in this area and be able to transfer it over here, something that's similar yet different, that is really teaching them to think and to learn and to be able to problem solve. Remember when we had the oil spill in the Gulf, um, about five years ago or so, and it was just spewing oil. I remember seeing on CNN, it was uh, it was a heart surgeon, and uh, he said, you know, this kind of reminds me of a ruptured aorta, and uh, he suggested that they go in and they kind of plug it in, and basically that's what they ended up doing uh, on that kind of way, but I love it that the surgeon was giving some input on how to address this, uh, this um, unfortunate occurrence. <coughs> So, okay, we're down to about three minutes left. I want, it's a Christmas season, so Ms. Brown, we're gonna start with you. What is your Christmas wish for your students here uh, in, in 30 seconds or less? Go. Oh, um, to, to never lose their dreams, to keep, to keep being creative and keep doing what they're doing and not to give up. Very nice. Thank you. Ms. Kirkland. I want a big, huge budget from Santa, so I can get everybody, everything I ever want to be, so we can all do the same stuff at the same time. And nice. Yeah, that's what I want. Love it. Yes. What's your I just want my students to understand that the that the limitations that they see are self-imposed. You know, just do way more than you think you can. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mr. Bailey. I just want to echo what they've said, but basically to keep expanding, keep growing, never staying still, keep, we have an entrepreneurship club, uh, a think tank, I want them to keep, keep creating, keep thinking about the future. 
and uh, keep growing and help, and I will help support them as we do that. Thank you very much. Well said. And and my gift is the gift of leadership. That I hope that every one of us doesn't matter if you're a uh, a superintendent, if you're a principal, if you're a teacher, a support personnel, if you're a student. Everybody is empowered to lead, and no matter what your role is, if you're a parent, anything. We need you out there, we need your voice. Articulate what's important to you, and let's work together and get things done, because that's the way things happen. So let's give it up for this panel. They did a tremendous There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.